And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm awfully excited about what's happening tonight. First of all, the show's going to be great because the blooms are coming on. But there's also going to be an evening of hope with Carmen LaBerge. Tonight at 7 p.m. Central, you go to MyFaithRadio.com and there'll be a big button you can press. You can join a live video stream event. And there's going to be an opportunity to have very hope-filled discussion and connection with each other. There'll be a time to reflect and pray and we'll be uh, taking our needs and the needs of the nation uh, and the world right to the Lord. So that's going to be a chance of gathering tonight. It's going to be happening 7 p.m. Central Time so go to MyFaithRadio.com. It's on the front page when you go to the website. You're not going to miss it. It's a big, beautiful, purple picture, an evening of hope with Carmen. She, of course, is the morning host here at Faith Radio. And if you uh, maybe you sleep in till noon, you've never known this. So, yeah, she's on in the morning. So we're going to take a very short break to get the show set. And then John and Pam Bloom are going to be joining me as we call this Deep Thinker Thursday. Be right back. Are you afraid of the coronavirus? With all the hype you hear on the news and in political debates, it's easy to become fearful even though you are at a very low risk of getting this virus. Remember, your hope is in the Lord, not in the evening news. God is your salvation. Trust in Him. Don't be afraid. Again and again in the Bible, He commands, Fear not, because I am with you. Fear is a lack of faith in God. Isn't it good to know the promises of God? In Proverbs 29, 25, it says, Whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. And in 2 Timothy 1, 7, Paul writes, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When you demonstrate peace in the midst of crisis that passes understanding, it will be a vibrant witness to your family, your friends, and to the world. A helpful message from the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. Back to the show. That announcement you just heard was from Dr. David Stevens from the Christian Medical and Dental Association. Such a soothing voice. Every time I hear that, I think, huh, way to go, David. Anyway, speaking of soothing voices, John and Pam Bloom are my guests this hour. You know them. They're regular guests on the show. John serves as author, board chair, and co-founder of Desiring God. He's authored uh, three books, Not by Sight, Things Not Seen, and Don't Follow Your Heart. And his wife, Pam, uh, they have five kids, and they live here in the Twin Cities. And they always come into the studio, and I miss them already. So, John, Pam, welcome. Well, it's good to be with you remotely. Yeah, yeah. Nowhere near as fun for me and Rebecca, but uh, thank you for, for coming on today. It's great to be here. How are you guys holding up? Well, we're doing fine. Okay. Um, we haven't had any illness in our family. Terrific. Um, uh, our immediate family or extended families, um, everybody is at least spared from the coronavirus. Yeah. So, um, but we're all hunkered down like everybody else is, and and uh, you know it it has its unique blessings and unique challenges. Yeah. Several years ago, you wrote wrote a really thoughtful piece on um, laying aside the weight of tomorrow's trouble. And I would I would love to uh, dig into those archives and go through that because I think it's. Very timely piece for today. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Um, the, when I wrote that article, I, I was using the uh, the verse 
from Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus says, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And that's, <laughs> that's something that is uh, a need for all of us to, to internalize right now. Fear for tomorrow, you say, kills our faith for today. That's a pretty strong sentence. I like that. So we, there's, I'm just going to read um, the context in which, that, in which Jesus says this. Okay. He says, um, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor they, nor do they reap, nor do they gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toiled nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, without more clothing you, O you of little faith. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And then here's the verse. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, um, in the context of what we're experiencing together corporately, um, as a nation, and, and, it's, and it's a global phenomenon, is this is this fear about the coronavirus, and um, it it is, and and it's not probably for most of us. It may may not be about getting the virus ourselves. Um, it may have to do with the economic instability that it brings, because of the just the upheaval socially, and so. One of the things that I was thinking about with regard to this text is that almost everybody that Jesus would have been addressing in the crowd that day when, when he said this would have been people who were very familiar with living on the edge. So their, their lives were different than most of ours, at least in the United States. Um, they would be living hand to mouth, often season to season. They, were, they would have been growing crops and very dependent on weather systems and all sorts of things, their, their lives were, were more vulnerable and they didn't have anything like the social uh, support structures that we do. And so when Jesus said, um, do not be anxious about tomorrow, they would have landed on them very much like we, it might be landing on us now when we feel more fragile than, than we normally do. And so that's why I say, wrote in this article that um, even in that context, even in that context, fear for tomorrow kills our faith for today. 
So having faith for today often means killing fear for tomorrow. I really like that, John. I mean, our, our learning curve right now when it comes to fear and anxiety is really steep. Yeah. This is, now, I'm going to say something that's going to, to sound trite and, or could be taken uh, lightly for, for, some, for some listeners who might be experiencing um, some significant consequences of this, of this current situation. And I don't mean to be light at all. Um, and, and so one of the things that Pam and I were saying when we were talking about just getting ready is we don't want to be preachy here because people are in very fragile places. We want, we, we just want to be, um, to be just part of the, of the encouraging each other. We've got to encourage each other. Meaning in the very literal sense of that word, encourage means to, um, help, help enliven our courage or, or increase our sense of courage in the face of, of real threats. And so, um, I don't mean to be, be, be trite here, but Jesus is pretty serious when he's talking about battling anxiety because anxiety um, has such a crippling effect on us. And, um, it, and the way Jesus talks about the future um, is really important for us to know because he's saying, what he's saying is don't be anxious about tomorrow, which is another way of saying, don't be anxious about the future. Um, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And so there's, in the Christian life, we, we, are, we are to be recipients of the grace of God. We look backwards on past grace. So the grace that we receive um, through the cross of, of Jesus and his resurrection, which purchases all of God's promises for the future for us, his future grace, we look to the past to have, um, to have encouragement about God's future promises, his promises to provide all that we need according to his, his riches um, in Christ Jesus. And, and, uh, and so we look to his future promises to help encourage us, but the only place that we can experience the grace of God is in the present. Mm-hmm. We can't live in the future because we're not there. And that's why God is saying to us, Focus on today. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. That's really wise. Yes, Pam. We were just saying the things that we might have dreaded to happen, that would happen in the future as we think of this verse. It's like, well, now they're happening. And the things that we have practically put our trust in, our bank account, our jobs, our social network, our support system, it, it's threatened and might be crumbling and that's exposing and it's, it's a fearful thing, but God's sufficiency remains and we, it, we need these reminders of what hasn't changed, the promises that remain to steady ourselves in it, that he really is still strong. And when, so the things that we dread, when they become reality, Okay, we're going to prove him faithful, and if it's a, a test, it's like God show show us what you're like. What are you doing? What are what are we supposed to stand on that has not changed? 
That's a great thought, Pam. I think it might be a good time just to take a short break. I, I'm speaking to John and Pam Bloom. We usually do Deep Thinker Thursday, and we're doing it today, except they're just not in the studio, and I miss them terribly. But we'll be back in 90 seconds. are my guests. Deep Thinker Thursday is well underway. Talking about a wonderful uh, topic of making sure that uh, we give God our burdens, that we turn our anxieties and cares over to Him. And He does not want us to bear these burdens. It's His job. He's willing to do it. And we talking about a great passage from Matthew. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, John, Pam, uh, thank you for dealing with this topic. I know it's a uh, one that we're all looking for uh, comfort and wisdom. We're looking for assurance in these times of uncertainty. This is a, such a great, powerful verse to be dwelling on today. Yeah, it, it's it's needed. And it may be something that maybe we're hearing a lot um, but it's it's in these moments, like we're dealing with right now, where the, the rubber meets the road. How real is this to us? And um, so what, I, what, I, what we would like to do is actually spend a good portion of whatever time we have left together um, just hearing what people's questions are and maybe re- and, and what their prayer requests would be um, to you know, maybe they could write them in or whatever. But um, we would love to, to be a part of just s- serving the folks out there as best we can and uh, encouraging one another to, to face these, these needs and, um, and bring them before the Lord together. But let, I just want to say a few more things here about what, what I think Jesus is saying and what he's not saying. And then Pam has, a, has something to, to share, which I think would be really helpful. Is that okay? That's awesome. Yeah. Right. So, um, so here's the situation. Um, the The real temptation in these moments is to is to be um, future oriented in such a way that our eyes are off the present. So we're we're blind to the present. We're blind to actually the graces we're receiving, and what we're looking ahead at is at a fearful future, and and that future isn't real, it's imaginary. And, and that's where the temptations really come into us or come to us because, because we have a choice between, between looking at today's graces or looking at tomorrow's fears. And tomorrow's fears are screaming at us. Today's graces are often whispering mm. to us. And, um, and so we can just miss it and look at the future and be and be taken by that and almost crippled with, with fear. And that's why Jesus's counsel here, he's not trying to shame us by saying, you know, um, come on, idiots, you know, trust God. What, he, what he's doing here is saying, 
Don't look at an imaginary future. Look at the present where I promise, where I am with you right now. I'm also with you in your future, but I, I need you to be looking at me right now, and then I need you to be trusting what I'm promising you in the future. And uh, and when Jesus is saying that, he's not he's not saying that we shouldn't make any provision for the future. Um, he's he simply wants us to make the right provision for the future. In other words, earlier. In the same chapter, chapter 6, he says, Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and, moth and rust destroy, and thieves break in and steal, or a stock market can, can crash. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, nor thieves break in and steal, and the stock markets will not crash. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He wants our hearts with the right treasure. Um, and so... So that's where he that's that's the main provision he wants us to make for the future. And then he's also saying that we shouldn't plan for the future. He's reminding us by pointing to the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. He's that God, our father, knows our essential needs, just like he knows the essential needs of all his creatures. Therefore, we shouldn't waste our brief lives trying to do God's job. Um, there is a division of labor. He says, seek first the kingdom. In other words, the work that he's assigned us to do. And that might be, that's part, part of that is our vocation. And part of that is just the work of, of serving in our church and making disciples. Um, and then God's role is to provide all that we need. And so... <clears throat> He's asking us to do two things. Jesus is, is, is asking us to, to receive and cast. We're to receive and cast. Both of these things are acts of faith. Um, we're to receive from God his sufficient grace for today. That's what he promises or in Philippians chapter 4. Um, and he tells us to cast our anxieties on God, our anxieties for tomorrow, on God, because he cares for us. Receive the promise that he will grant us sufficient grace for today. Cast our cares on him, for he cares for us. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And also, what that means is sufficient for today is today's grace. So that's really what I wanted to share, um, is just... We, we need in this moment not to, to be taken up by a fearful imaginary future, but to trust God in the concrete present. And I know that there's a lot of complexities to, to that. That sounds easy, um, but this is coming from, from Jesus, not just from me. And I'm making it simple because Jesus makes it pretty simple here in order to be able to apply it to every possible situation that human beings face. Beautifully stated, John. Really, really nice. I think, Pam, are you going to jump in with something as well? Well, I think I, I've been meditating, and I can't get enough of, of this promise and the invitation to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and thanksgiving, supplications to make our requests known to God. So maybe in this season— what will God do in our prayer lives if we enter into like a new kind of conversation with him that is 
without abandon saying, God, this is exactly what I'm afraid of. And being privately with him, be graphic about it. What is it that I'm afraid of? I just talked to a friend today and she's like, it's not the fear of death. It's like, how would I die? That like the fear of actual suffering. We we're hearing news reports, you know, just what is it that we can be vulnerable with God and say, this is what I'm afraid of. This is pour that out to me. And and then he follows it with the promise and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts. And isn't that what we need? Like we're our hearts feel vulnerable, like the world is changing. But where we need our, our hearts guarded from all the news and the what ifs to where am I secure? And I need that peace to surround me again. And when it erodes overnight, in the middle of the night, throughout the day, that we're going to God to get our peace and then helping one another to recover that. And I think the one another is, is what is really, really important. Um, this whole experience that we're talking about here, casting our cares on God, receiving the grace of God, you know, um, we really do need one another, which is why I just think that we would love to, to hear what people are dealing with so we can, we can pray with them. Because um, often just in the, in the privacy of our own soul, um, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, to um, escape the fears. But, but sometimes the, the, the fears can be, the, the power of fear can be broken when we talk about it with somebody else who, who's willing to listen. Not, not just to offer simplistic answers, but willing to listen, willing to pray, willing to, to sit with us in the, in the moment of fear, bring a promise to bear, um, and help us to cast our cares. So let me invite listeners. I know there is something heavy on your heart right now. We are here for you. We want to hear from you. We want to pray for you. So send along uh, your concern, uh, your need, 877-933-2484, we'll, um, we'll address it, we'll pray, we'll uh, just be here for you. Be back in a minute. with John and Pam Bloom, Deep Thinker Thursday. Today is no exception. We're talking about laying aside the weight of tomorrow's trouble and just hearing and receiving from God today. John says, fear for tomorrow kills our faith for today. So having faith for today often means killing fear for tomorrow. Love that. Pam, I think you've got a story for us. Yes. So before this crisis happened, I was on a, a trip um, with my daughters, we were in Texas and we were at a Christian event at a conference and it was the last day we were hurrying to get the four of girls in the car 
pack our bags and and get to the event and we're I'm looking at the time and thinking we're going to be late so I'm I'm driving faster and I'm internally feeling kind of pressured because I don't want to miss the opening worship I don't want to miss the announcements and and my one of my girls one of my daughters in the back seat detected this even though I wasn't saying much I just I did hint like we're I don't want to be late and she says in this very sweet calm way she gently said just called me out and said mom you have all you need and you're never missing out like even if you don't get into the event at all much less on time you still have all that you need and i heard not just her words but i heard the spirit of god saying to me that that was very true and i heard him saying what you want is not in that building with your friends in that place of worship but what you want is me and i'm already with you i'm in you and that i'm i think she might have used the word portion and it was as if he's saying you you can't get a bigger portion outside of of god outside of me um that he is my portion and i didn't need to hurry or feel like i'm missing out if i don't get there and as soon as she said that and i recognized that is true i i felt a tremendous peace and my whole perspective changed so this was mild anxiety of being late compared to the anxiety that we face now but it it's a reminder that's not going away in me i keep remembering this event because of the peace that i experienced and i slowed down and i didn't feel like i have to get in there or like i needed anything outside of god he was the main thing that i was hungering for to be with him and then in addition to that so i i get to the event i drive up to the door i drop the girls off the parking lot is full it's a it's a very big event and they the ushers directed me to an overflow parking lot i took my time went over there parked gathered my things and as i'm getting out i see a woman in front of me and she's in her vehicle and she's waving at me and i'm detecting like she's upset or anxious about something and i go talk to her and she's like i really need to get into in that event can you do you, I heard that they're sold out. Do you think they'll let me in? I don't have a ticket. And she explained a bit of her backstory. And she's like, I could tell she's just, she's hungry for God. She wants to be with him and wants to be with his people there. And I thought, this is really bizarre that I've just had this event. And immediately I just knew, well, I need to tell you what I just was told. That you're not left out. You're you're, you have everything that you need. You can, you've got time, you've got your Bible. The event was being broadcast live. You can watch that or just be with God in prayer and, and he's inviting you to be with him. And that ministered to her. I could see her whole countenance change. She's in tears. I pray with her. She's like, thank you so much. She's in, has peace. And we, say goodbye and I'm like immediately 
struck by what God is doing in me and then her in her piece. And I just thought now reflecting on it in these days that I think in a larger scale, God is stopping us. And he's in a, in a way saying a reminder that we need that I'm all you need. You already have me. And even when our churches are closed and we're separated from one another and we want to be together, and that's a good thing, that the craving that we have, we can be satisfied with him and in his word and by his spirit and and find that peace again that he's saying you really already have what you need. That's and lo- it's that's, message. That's lovely, Excuse Pam. Me. Yeah. Continue. And I think it's been a message that we, as the, if that's affecting us, it's a message we, as we hear it and experience it, can pass it on to someone else. It, and I we was just telling John, like some friends and other traditions will, in their church, will pass the peace. Well, where we're experiencing peace, let's not be shy to talk about it. Of where, where is that source of peace? And then pass it to others by our testimony. The psalm that popped into my head, Pam, when you were saying that is Psalm 73 and verse 26. It says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's a, just a lovely story. Uh, I I love what your daughter said to you at a time when you were feeling anxious. And, and what what comfort, what wisdom. Mm-hmm. Smart kids. <laughs> I'm grateful. You take after their mom. Yeah, no doubt. So when I think of, John, I know you addressed this in the article, that the enemy um, and our sinful unbelief will always want to have us focusing on our future. Not that thinking about your future is not a good thing, but we put a lot of stock into what's happening tomorrow. And I love what you said earlier about the, the whisper of God's graces today could be missed when you're thinking about hearing the screaming of tomorrow and the anxiety that could come about. Yeah. I mean, it's, we all know what that's, what that's like. I mean, how many, how many times have we had imaginary conversations in our heads with people, you know, they were tense, angry conversations in our heads. We're arguing about this and that because we feel, we feel anxious or fearful about something. And then it goes very different than we imagine. And usually it does almost always it does. Um, how many times have we anticipated the worst possible outcome and not having it and then not have it be that way? Now, it's not to, it's not to say that 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 terrible outcomes don't happen. Of course they do. Jesus says in John 633 um, or 1633, in this world, you will have tribulation. In this world, you will have tribulation. So tribulation is part of the normal experience. That's why we have a lot of trouble. Um, but he says, take heart, take heart. I have overcome the world. And so what, what Satan wants to do and what our own, our own sinful, unbelieving parts of us want to do is look at the imaginary future and, and, and have that absorb us. And that, and that imaginary future begins to control the present behavior. It controls the present emotions. It controls uh, the way... Like it, it, begin, it reduces the capacities that we have to love the people who are actually right near us right now because the future is saying, 
you need to pay attention to this, not them, this, not God. So we, it, it's a fight of faith to, to, to do what Jesus says and say, I'm not going to be anxious about tomorrow. I'm not going to be anxious about that terrible possibility, financial possibility, or that terrible health possibility, or that terrible relational possibility. I'm going to look right now. I'm going to look at what the graces are, that are being provided for me right now. And I'm going to look at the people who are next to me right now. And I'm going to love them and I'm going to receive the graces. And I will trust God to give me whatever I need for that future, even if it's fearful. And John and Pam, a listener jumped in with this comment. The circumstances today remind me of a lesson um, our pastor had on Elijah when he stayed with the widow during the famine drought. God filled the barrel with enough oil for each day in the morning. My pastor said, wouldn't it have been a lot less stressful for Elijah if he would have just filled the barrel? But God chose to give them what they needed for each day so they realized their reliance on him. Right. That's right. And, you know, the things that... Here's where, where I don't want to be simplistic. Um, because all of us can think of situations that either we have experienced or people that we know or people that we've heard have heard of have experienced where really like where it looks like you know the barrel ran dry there wasn't enough they you know they they died or this or the marriage broke or or whatever it is um the bible is a very realistic book when it comes to life it's not pollyannish it is not simplistic. It's, it's complex. It has all the complexities of the human experience. Tragedies, joys, all, you know, illnesses, disease, persecution, death, futility, um, all kinds of things. It, it's, it's got all the complexities of the human experience in it. And in the face of that, Jesus says this. And the reason is because what he promises to do even with the things that are that happen to us that are um, difficult and painful and, and horrible is that he and here's where Romans 828 can sound trite but it's meant to be a granite foundation to stand on um, that he's able to work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose he turns he will turn them. He will turn them. And so we have hope, even in terrible things. So, so that when the terrible things happen, there's hope. And when the jar or the barrel finds just enough for the next meal, um, we, can, we can rejoice. Mm -hmm. And doesn't that just remind us of I was just thinking, as we're looking at future grace that we can base today's faith on, we're also looking back at God's faithfulness and reviewing where has he answered prayer? Where has he come through? And we didn't know how he'd come through, that there was 
we have we all have stories of his past faithfulness to us and to to others that we read about in it this is our family tree in the bible these this is our family story of how god made a way when there wasn't a way and and we can review that for the courage that we need today and uh, just a bit of my story is that um in the early days of marriage, I was a nurse and worked in hospice. And so we had some training in what is the process of preparing for death, which not, I don't want to be overly apologetic about the morbidity, morbidity that we're facing. Like it's in our news, it surrounds us. And it's part of our story that we will all face our death. And it's, we've got fresh reminders these days. And one of the things in our training was to be aware that our patients are, as they near death, is to do a life review and going back to the, the very heartbreaking dark times and then the celebratory, the happy times and, and what things would they regret or want to change. And they're, they're just reviewing it. It's a healthy thing to do. It's, it's painful and it's part of the process of letting go. And in a way, we we all have that opportunity in this walk of faith to do a life review that is part of our life, but part of our the redemptive story of our our family tree. Where is my story adding to that and demonstrating God's faithfulness? And we're asking God, make a way when it. I don't see the way out of this virus, but we believe you have a way, and you're going to have lots of little ways where your love, your, your mercy is being demonstrated by your people. Oh, such wisdom, Pam. I'm going to take a little break, but if you have yep. a prayer request or a need, something that it's just really your heart is heavy right now, send a text message. We'll pray for you. We'll process it with you. You can, of course, remain anonymous. I won't mention your name on the air, but it's 877-933-2484. John and Pam Bloom are my guests. Deep Thinker Thursday. We'll be right back. the show. John and Pam Bloom are my guests. Deep Thinker Thursday. Receive God's grace. Cast your cares. That's the that's what we're talking about today. It's a great opportunity to do some life review. Like Pam, you just said, it's a very wonderful idea. Um, listener just uh, chimed in with, I'm an essential employee and work with three guys, two of whom say, there's no purpose to distance. Everyone's going to get the virus. The hardness of these men is evident. The management won't change the work schedule to separate us. I'm not afraid. God is with me, but my family is at risk if I get it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's going to be um, a risk. That, and a lot of people are experiencing that. And so... Um, <laughs> the. the all these things that we're talking about with regard to, you know, casting your anxiety um, that on, on God because he cares for us and trusting him to give us sufficient grace for what we need and what we face. Like um, not every answer when we to, to the to the prayers that we you know, like 
that we pray or, or, or not all the graces that God provides us come in the packages that we expect. So we might say, well, the grace of God's going to come by shielding me from getting sick. That may not be true. Um, it may be true for one person and it may not be true for another person. Um, the way to think about uh, this, this current crisis, or one way to think about it, I guess, not, not the way, but one way to think about it is that, is that what we are experiencing, everybody together, it's unusual that we all have this opportunity to experience a crisis together. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the, you know, a, a, a crisis like this is happening on an individual level millions of times over all over the world every single day. Somebody is getting a, a, a terrible medical diagnosis. Somebody is laid off or can't find work. Some people in certain parts of the world are living in destitute poverty and and going hand to mouth every day as their normal daily experience. Um, we know some friends of ours who are in a similar situation and and uh, in another country. And um, and so what this what this does for us is help us feel a level of compassion, not so isolated in our crises, but sharing a crisis allows us to, to develop um, a, an awareness of others. Like, like this, this particular person who wrote in, like they're, they're suddenly aware of, of how this spreads from one another. What, what does love look like? And what does it, what does it not look like? What does risk mean? And so um, it provides us individually lots of opportunities to trust God in very, in varied ways, um, and it allows us many different opportunities to to care for others and express that care in our individual situation. So it's a it's a unique time. I agree. It's, Go ahead, Pam. Yes, I was hearing the caller. Um, I'm thinking about conversations I've had and and imagining hers that. Um, there are people that we talk to that might appear cavalier and indifferent and invincible. And we've seen stories in the news of, you know, this is how this group of people acted. And now they're regretting that behavior or that attitude. They would take back their words because some are getting sick. And I think we need a, like a, a patience with each other and in our culture, like think ways that I, responded a week or two ago, I'm not responding that way now. And we're all kind of in process of changing how we see this as it gets closer to home. And and maybe the things that we say will, someone might respond to blow us off, but actually they might go back and think about it like, oh, maybe I, her response was different. She's not afraid, but she's cautioning. And they might actually adopt that attitude later as we're all kind of changing and, but it, it probably calls for patience and then a measure of like, God, what, how should I respond to this? What should I say something or not, or just let it, let them adjust privately. Yeah. I think that's a really good, really good point is that, is that people's responses aren't, is not necessarily a reliable indicator of what's really going on inside. It might actually be an expression of their fear and yeah, their anxiety, right. not really what they believe. You know, we, we, we don't know that, but it, it, it is often true. And we know that because we know ourselves well enough to know how often we put up a certain kind of front when inside we feel differently. And so it's good for us to remember that and not assume that things are as they necessarily appear. 
quite a comment came in from a listener, and this dear, dear uh, listener, I have five kids and seven grandchildren, and the prayer is that they would turn their hearts to Jesus and be saved. And there's mm-hmm. probably the, the, you know, the cry of so many parents and grandparents that, that their, their kids and grandkids would come to their senses and understand uh, their sin and their desire to repent and come into the saving grace that Christ is offering. Well, I think we should stop and pray about that. Let's do it. So, Lord, we just want to jump in. Um, and every single one of us, I, I just pray that as that you will receive the multiplied effect of everybody who who hears this and has people in their own lives that they love dearly. They love dearly and are and wanting them to know you. Um, we just want so to channel this prayer to all of our loved ones. Would you come and grant uh, for for this precious listener um, a, just a, an opening in her family of a reception, so receiving of the gospel, a receiving of the grace of God, and uh, and that you do whatever it takes for for that to to open. So, and we pray that for our own families, our own loved ones, because we all have them. Um, Would you come and and grant your grace, use this moment in history, this unique moment, to do a unique opening of hearts to the gospel, in Jesus' name. I love the way this article ends, John and Pam, where you say, again, quoting Matthew 6, sufficient for the day is its own trouble, and sufficient for today is today's grace. Today's grace won't solve tomorrow's troubles. The only way today's grace addresses tomorrow is by helping us cast our anxieties on God. But this is a huge help because it frees us to focus on the one place we will experience God's grace today, and that's today. It's today. Yeah. That's right. I added a couple of extra words in there, John. I didn't mean to do that, but but I was... it's uh, It's more clear... Uh, in reading it. Yeah, it's very clear in reading it. But uh, a few parting thoughts on that very uh, paragraph. Well, that's, that that I think, I I tried to articulate what I think is Jesus's point, which is the place that we experience the grace of God is today, right now, right here. It's in the present. Um, It's not that God doesn't care about the future. Of course he does. But that, that's why he makes promises about the future um, for us to trust him with. And that allows us to cast our cares, which are so often future-oriented, cast our cares on him because he cares for us. But right now, to receive the promise, sufficient for the day is its, is its own trouble. And sufficient for today is the grace provided for those troubles. Such wonderful, comforting words. Thank you so much for uh, sharing this today. It's been very important, very meaningful. Uh, I've loved it myself, and I know the listeners have as well. Thank you so much. Great to to be with you guys again. Yeah, and I can't wait. The next time, hopefully, you'll be in studio with me. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. All right, have a great rest of the day. God bless you both. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. I want to remind all the listeners, too, coming up tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time, you can... uh, 
enjoy a live stream with Carmen LaBerge. It's going to be um, happening. All you have to do is go to MyFaithRadio.com, and there'll be a big place to learn more about that. That's tonight, 7 p.m. Central Time. That wraps up our show for the day. It's just been great being with you. We need each other now more than ever because we're seeing each other less and less in person. We're missing hugs and handshakes and smiles, and um, it's been difficult. I've I've missed my guests in studio today. It's been a wonderful being here with Rebecca, but it's been really hard talking to my my friends and, and guests on the phone. So I appreciate so much their willingness to come on and They're with us in spirit. Of course they are. So have a great night, everyone. And remember to tune in tonight. Uh, Go to MyFaithRadio.com if you want to be part of that live stream event with Carmen. I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everyone. God bless.